Hello. I am so happy you're here. I can't even, like, I, I'm so happy. Hello, hello, hello. Literally on my MacBook using my iPhone headphones. That's about where we're at. That is the budget of this production right now. I would love to sugarcoat that, like, it was something crazy. And, you know, you see this wild graphic on this podcast because I totally didn't make it with Canva. But listen, that's just, that is where financially I am at, mentally I am at, and I'm happier here. So, hello, my name's Soph, I am a 23-year-old non-binary queer lesbian, and I use they, them pronouns. I am so excited you're here, like, goodness, I cannot contain my excitement um, that even one person clicked on and is ready to listen to the story that I'm going to tell, but... I am happy you're here for this adventure. Uh, The podcast that you're currently listening to is named This Composed Mess. Um, The truth of the matter is I am someone that has consistently tried to be composed, tried to be so filtered, trying to portray this perfect person, but like what even is perfect? Oh God, we can dive into that. Yet my life has been nothing but messy. Don't get me wrong. Messy can be a good thing. Messy can be a great thing, Um, but it hasn't been composed. Um, And so yet the mess that I hide is composed within itself. So maybe it's a little confusing. Maybe it's a little multifaceted for some people, but that's the podcast that you clicked on and I'm happy you're here. So I guess just episode one, where we're going to start is sit on down. Happy you're here. Grab a cup of coffee. Personally, Starbucks. Shaken espressos right now are my go-to, but I kind of want to explain what you're listening to, what you're diving into by being here. I sound like such an English major, like coming up with bullet points in a summary before I give a long speech, but that's not what this is going to be. Transparently, I'm not really going to be editing much of this. I've decided that I edit myself so much already with my YouTube channel and my TikToks and Instagram videos and I have made so many takes of videos because I get so self-conscious about my speech impediment and my ADHD and my racing thoughts, or if we want to say automatic thoughts, thank you CBT therapy, um, that I forget to just like be myself and that the right people are going to just sit on down with me and understand that this is basically a conversation. And when we're conversing with one another... You don't get to deal with me jump editing and filtering myself. So I'm happy you're here. And without further ado, let's get started, pals. I There's been a lot that's happened. I am 23. I look back at the life that I have lived and just sometimes cringe. And number one, at how like I processed a lot of things that were going on. Um, number two, like I wanted everything to be a story. I wanted there to be... like comedic relief and everything that I did but I just wanted so badly to be discovered at a young age like that is all I craved and maybe that was just like the Leo in me at a teenage year but truly I want to talk a little bit about how I got to the name this composed mess what does this podcast even mean like where what idea did you come up with so in saying this and honestly this composed mess came from my 13 year old tumblr stage I have so many diaries that I think I wrote every single day on Tumblr for a year and a half of just like things that were going on in school, how I was feeling, my first boyfriend, all of it. And clever me was like, well, I really want to be like a composed person, but my life is super messy at the age of 13. And I just kind of rolled with it. And honestly, 
I don't think it's a very catchy thing for a lot of people because no one else has any form of this name anywhere on anything. But my life has been a composed mass. Like, that's the best way to put it. I have craved so badly to have things be picture perfect and to have things appear some way for other people and have kind of neglected to show, like, how messy life has gotten and how messy life has been. Um, if we were to, like, reflect back to teenage year self, like, my life was not picture perfect, but if you were to go on my Instagram that I had deleted because I just got so overwhelmed with trying to appease everyone, it looked picture perfect, okay? Like, jumping into college, I was the straight-A student, I joined the sorority, I had a really handsome boyfriend, like, I thought everything was just made, like, I was ready to live life to the fullest, and for some reason, I just didn't, it didn't end up, like, it kept being messy, it kept, there was so much other things going on that I just didn't show the world, and I think now's the time to talk about them, now's the time to bring my friends into the conversation and have them share their stories about being my friend, but also just, like, their identity, and I don't think there's enough queer people in media in general. So I figured, even though I am a 23-year-old queer non-binary lesbian that's using their MacBook and Apple headphones to record, um, as my girlfriend is in the UK literally as like a professional musician that has all the recording equipment I could be using, but we love long-distance lesbian things, I want to be representation that I didn't have at a young age. I only wish that I had a 24-year-old, 23-year-old, 20-year-old talking to me about things that my family wasn't talking about because not that they were against being queer, not that they were against the LGBTQA plus community. I just didn't have that representation. And maybe that's why I dated men for so long. Oh my goodness, we can dive into that one later. But I just know that so much of my own internalized homophobia and internalized struggle was because I didn't have the representation I really, really needed at a young age. So that's why I'm here. That is why you were here for this composed mess. And for that reason, not going to be a lot of editing. So if I mess up a take, if a track audio is a little bit off, some would say that's unprofessional, but honestly, I am just so sick of filtering myself. I am exhausted. The amount of takes I do for one TikTok or the amount of jump cuts I do for a YouTube video and just so much editing goes into the blog posts that I make, which is why I don't post a lot on my blog. And I don't think that people really want that. Like, yes, don't get me wrong. David Dobrik, 10 out of 10 king. We adore him. Views podcast is amazing. They have a huge production. They literally, I mean, I am David Dobrik also. Like, I do have a mansion. I do have the vlog squad. That joke isn't even funny. But um, I just can't keep doing that. And so maybe I'm going about this the wrong way in the fact that, like, this is a podcast that isn't going to be filtered very well. But I'm just kind of to the point of, like, you know what? Let's just talk about it, okay? Let's just talk about life as if you are sitting here with a cup of coffee in your car, doing homework, and we just get chit-chat because I miss MySpace. I miss AOL Messenger. I'm really dating myself now. Not dating myself, but, like, I am aging myself now. Um, But, yeah, welcome to the party, pals. I'm so happy you're here. That's what we're going to start with is when I came out, how I came out, how I am the person I am. So I know that a lot of y'all, if you know anything about me, probably know that I came out about eight months ago in September 2020. Fun fact, I came out way before that also. So we're just going to kind of dive into both subjects. 
I was 19 years old and a freshman in college when I was dating a lot of men. And I sat down with a couple of my sorority sisters in their apartment and looked at them and said, I think I'm bisexual. I really am attracted to women, but I'm terrified. I would never do anything with a woman, but like, I think I like them. Like they are beautiful. They're way more attractive than boys. And God bless some of my sorority sisters for sitting me down and being like, so that is absolutely okay. Like you are allowed to be whatever you want to be. We love you no matter what. We're here for you. We support you. And I just kind of rolled with it, right? Like, I was like, you know what? I am bi- I'm bisexual. That's how it is. But I still had so much of my own internalized homophobia that I continued to date men and only men. I was so scared to talk to women. And I was so good at making friends with them that I was like, I don't know how to break this barrier. Like, I've already sat with them and had coffee and, like, studied with them. I can't now ask them on a date. Like, we're friends now, right? That's just where college me was at. And I remember coming home from college and I kind of called my parents upstairs as we were just doing random things. I think we were literally just like playing with my dog upstairs. And I sat my mom and dad down and I was like, hey, I just want you guys to know that like I think I'm bisexual. And they didn't react. I was like, Nancy Paul, give me a reaction here. Like, I want to make this a big deal. I'm a Leo. Give me the attention that I've been wanting. Um, And they just kind of laughed and were like, yeah, okay, that's absolutely fine. And my brain asked them. I was like, okay hey guys, like, what if I just liked women? And they're like, that's fine. So like, you don't have to labor yourself. We're going to love you no matter what. And I vividly remember them telling me you could date an avatar for all we care. Don't get me wrong. I think avatar had came out right around that time period. So maybe that's like what they were going with. But the point they were making is that like, we're going to love you no matter who you love. And that stuck with me. And I vividly remember making jokes all the time. Like I could date an avatar for all they care because Maybe they were going along with race card also, but I know that they were truly just like, we want you to be happy being with a person that brings you joy. And yet, even with that amazing support system, even with being in a sorority of girls that supported me as being bisexual, I went to a different college my sophomore year and jumped into the same sorority with instead of 40 girls, 187 girls. And I didn't think I could identify as bisexual because I was the new kid on the block. I was surrounded by women that were kind of clicky. And don't get me wrong, some of them were great, but it just, it wasn't the, the, the environment that I needed. Um, and I just continued dating men because that's what was appropriate. And anytime I told guys I was dating that I was bisexual, it was kind of like a fetish thing. And I just felt super uncomfortable in being that part of my identity. And I want to say that bisexuality is incredibly valid. We can have a whole entire podcast episode on that, but I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't there to embrace the person I wanted to be. I was continuously trying to be something for someone else. I wanted to be the girl that made a guy fall, like the guy fell in love with me, right? That's who I wanted to be all throughout college. And I kept dating guys And I kept thinking I was going to marry some of them. I might have even had a ring on my finger at one point. We can dive into that, pals. But I was someone identifying as a bisexual person behind closed doors and continued to date straight men. And being part of the Christian community, too, I think I had a lot of friends that were like, you know what? Soph might be bisexual, but they are continuously dating men. So, like, they're absolutely fine. Like, it's fine. Like, they're they're straight. They're just saying things. Um, and that kind of broke me. And I had some family that were like, okay, is this a phase? Like, are you going to grow out of it? And I don't think they meant that with malicious intent, but it was like, why are you saying you're bisexual if you're only dating men? Which is so not valid and so harmful. 
Um, but that's where like my queer journey started. And I graduated college feeling so burnt out. And I graduated college a semester early and I decided I don't know what I'm going to do now. So I decided to run away and go to Disney World. Not actually like go to Disney World. Like I went on spring break to Disney World after I graduated college, but I actually worked at Disney. I worked at Pirates of the Caribbean and then Chantiki Room and I had a blast. And while I was working at Disney, I was surrounded by a lot of people that were identifying as transgender and queer and non-binary and gay and lesbian and so many different parts of a community that like I had only known as being gay and lesbian and bisexual. I had no idea there was so much more to the community at all. And so many people were just so warm and inviting to having conversations with me and talking to me about things and sharing with them, like, yeah, I'm bisexual. And them like being like, yeah, that's super valid. Even if I was like going on dates with a boy here and there when I was working at Disney. And that just like opened my eyes to so much more of an acceptance. Not that the people I was surrounding myself with like weren't always accepting because some of them were, but I was kind of intentionally putting myself in environments where being part of the LGBTQA plus community wasn't valid and wasn't cherished or appreciated. And maybe that was just my own internalized homophobia talking, but I digress. So I worked at Disney and I met two or three amazing friends that I'm still absolutely good friends with. Um, and you might even meet a couple of them on this podcast in next episodes, but a lot of them were super kind and like opening my eyes up to the fact that like I am valid and whatever I want to identify as. And I remember I was working at Magic Carpets of Aladdin and I had a major crush on one of my coworkers and I think she knew it. Like it was pretty obvious, but she came up to me and like put her hand on my shoulder to like move me to the side a little bit as I was working and my heart just like fluttered out of my chest and I was like, I am feeling more intimate relations with this person that literally put their hand on my shoulder than I have with any man. Wait a minute. Oh, she's a she's 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 beautiful like why am I not embracing this part of my sexuality that I've never talked about because I'm just so scared of being judged and the phones are yang let's pause here so honestly as I'm continuously talking now I'm drinking my chai so we're good pause I know we already took a pause but anyway that needed to be done okay Starbucks chai tea lattes are heavenly iced not hot as we're talking, I remember that moment of just like sitting there and being like, oh my God, I love women and that's okay. And that's valid. And like, why have I not been embracing this part of myself? Like, let's, let's explore that. Let's talk about that. And I remember her looking at me and being like, so are you okay? And I was like, I think I'm lesbian. I just said it. And I don't know why that like triggered so much, but I remember her smiling and she even had a girlfriend and then we all went to the magic. It was a whole thing. Okay. But I remember that finally being a moment in my life at the age of 21 of like, oh, this has clicked. Besides the fact that I didn't tell any of my roommates when I came home that day and I had a boyfriend that I eventually broke up with and bless his sweet soul. Maybe he's listening to this. Hey, what's up? Duh, I'm not going to say the name. That would be exposing too much. But I appreciate you. I hope you're happy. I'm sorry for however things ended. I truly appreciate you as a person. And thank you for being here in my life. Plot twist. I came home from Disney knowing, like, I think I'm lesbian. Like, I think I want to pursue women. And I was on dating apps. And I 
um, had moved downtown to the city. I had gotten this fancy new job working a nine to five for um, a technical recruiting company. And I was like, I have my life made right now. And I proceeded to date men. And I, I, I was just so scared. Men became a security blanket for me. Like guys were something that was stable in my life. And I hate to admit that, but I was like, the minute that I come out as lesbian, that's going to be taken away. That's a huge security blanket. That's going to be ripped away from me. And I don't know if I'm mentally stable enough to, handle that and that that's something that I don't think we talk about enough in the queer community is like coming out is this beautiful thing portrayed in media with like wild rainbows and joy and happiness and don't get me wrong it is it's a beautiful exciting thing but it's terrifying y'all and there's a lot of internalized homophobia that a lot of us as queer people hide and like don't want to talk about and take a while to process and trauma and society was not made for the alphabet mafia okay and as I digress I continued dating guys and I remember my last boyfriend and I really went off the deep end because I had moved to Chicago I got this beautiful apartment and I was talking to girls on Bumble and I was talking to guys on Bumble and I went on a date with this guy on Bumble and we started dating and um I really think that the world started changing and that's, I think, when things started to, like, my eyes started to open more. Um, the world started to change. The political atmosphere was at an all-time high. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement was something I became incredibly passionate about and just, oh my god, really dove into my own consistent microaggressions and microinsults that I didn't even recognize were an issue and how I was feeding into systematic racism and oppression and goodness that's a whole nother episode for another time but as I talk um I was dating someone and I brought up like what would you do if we had a child that was transgender and he had told me that he would wait till they were 18 to do anything about it and that should have been a red flag y'all okay that should have been number one red flag dump broken up with but I was too scared I was like okay we can make this work I was just blinded by wanting to hold on to something normal and then I can dive into like what's normal but I was blinded by that and then the final straw was him talking about the BLM movement not being valid and wanting to vote for the Orangino in in office for a second term and we broke up and a big reason we broke up is me telling him, hey, I think I'm lesbian. And I wasn't confident enough to be like, I'm lesbian. And we fought a lot about it. And I don't wish that upon my worst enemy because bless his whole soul. That's a, that's a lot to handle for anyone. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to speak bad about people on my podcast. I don't have the energy to project a lot of negativity. But that's kind of my queer experience, right? Like, so much hiding and scaredness and fear and not feeling valid in the person I am. And then I threw it all away. And I said, you know what? Now's the time for self-discovery. In the world we're living in, in quarantine, let's do it. Because honestly, it's safer in quarantine because I don't have family dinners every week. I don't come out and have to challenge my family members every week that I used to in my Italian family. So let's do it now. Let's, let's, let's come out now. And that brings us to August of 2020.
Okay, so August 2020 was a month, right? I had been planning to come out. I had told my mom, I had told my brother, I had even told my dad, and I was just like, you know what? I, I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to throw away the security blanket. I'm in therapy. We're talking about these things. I want to pursue women and I, I, I'm lesbian and that's okay. And that's valid and that's scary. And I don't know why we hate that word so much in straight society, but I'm going to do it. Right. Okay. Let's, let's proceed. Let's jump off the deep end and do it. And I had told my family a little bit beforehand and ironically TikTok knew before a lot of people did. Um, I guess I said let's go into August, but a little bit before August in July, I was posting a couple TikToks and I made a story on TikTok about Goodwill Girl, how I was in a Goodwill and a guy had came up to me and this beautiful girl um, came to my like defense and helped me out in Goodwill and I made that video and so many people were posting it and sharing it, trying to find Goodwill Girl because I secretly had a major crush on this random stranger and we didn't find Goodwill Girl. But in the process, a million people decided to watch that video um, and it was blowing up on TikTok to the point that I had like a couple friends reach out to me like, so, hey, um, I found this video on TikTok. Like, I didn't know you made TikToks. And I was like, oh my God, because I was openly lesbian on TikTok and that's where I was learning like, my queer identity is valid. Like, there are so many beautiful women. And these beautiful women are interested in me. And I'm making friends in this queer community. And now this video is viral. And my friends that knew me before this video are loving me for me. And I need to do this. I need to do this for myself. I need to release all this pain and come out to the world. And so on my birthday, I decided I'm going to take these photos. They're going to be gay as F. And I'm going to post them on Instagram and see what happens. And I posted that I was a lesbian and I got nothing but love and support. And I'm so thankful for that. Great to say I got nothing but love and support. There was a person here and there. But like, honestly, for the most part, there wasn't that much hate. Like I had a couple friends from my Christian community that um, unfollowed me or I challenged a couple of them and didn't have the best conversations. But for the most part, it was nothing but love and support. And I think that was kind of a point in my life of realizing like, oh, yeah, okay, like, let's go, Soph. Let's figure out this own person that you are. Um, and I had came out and I was still working that nine to five in a corporate America job um, with kind of, uh, picture Wolf of Wall Street. And that was my job besides like, you know, the, the wild wildness. I don't want to bad mouth the company because I absolutely adored the people I worked with, but it was kind of that like dog eat dog world mindset. And I just wasn't fitting in. We were working remotely and I just, I didn't feel like I could be my true authentic loud self. Um, that was openly queer without feeling like, oh, you're just a box that we get a check now that we have diverse people working for us. Um, and it's not to speak bad about the company. It's just like, that's the world of corporate America that we live in. And so I was out and I started on dating apps, just looking for women and decided, you know what, let's, let's figure this out. And, um, that is where I met the first person that I went on an openly queer date with. And I think we're going to talk about it because I think it's monumental in the change, um, and the person that I have became now, right? Like, it's monumental in talking about composed mess. It's monumental in talking about self. It's monumental in talking about how I identify as queer now. And so we're going to talk a little bit about... I should rename this person. We're going to talk a little bit about 
Kale. Okay, we're gonna talk about Kale. That's gonna be that's gonna be her name. Kale. We got this. Okay, so I had matched with Kale on Tinder. Um, I would say it was probably like the second or third week in August, and Kale was totally my type, right? Like tall, lanky, skater boy hair, and I had just dyed my hair purple and was like this hyper femme human trying to find my way in the world and specifically in the lesbian community. And so Kale offered to take me on a date and it was my first queer date. And, um, Kale just said, prepared to be outside. And so we met at a park and we were socially distanced because of everything going on in the world. And we live in a panoramic and we were responsible. Um, but Kale and I had a picnic and I think we talked for about like three hours outside on this picnic. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is what I've been waiting for. This is this is beautiful and amazing and wonderful and I I deserve this. Um but I was still really scared and Kale was so kind and so sweet and I was really transparent about like where I was at with Kale and Kale was really like transparent about where they were at with me, where they were at in their life and we just really enjoyed the picnic. And it got dark out, so Kale offered if we could drive and get Dairy Queen and we got Dairy Queen and we sat in Kale's car and then we sat outside and watched the stars and it was just like the total stereotypical like queer happy day, right? That you'd see in a movie. And at the end of the night, I remember Kale looking at me and saying, hey, can I kiss you? And I said, no, I don't think I'm ready. And um, I remember posting that story on TikTok and just being so happy and smitten with Kale. But like, there are a lot of things that weren't right about that date now that I look back. And that's not to reflect on Kale as a person whatsoever. It's just that I wasn't ready for a lot and Kale was ready for a lot. Like Kale was coming from a different part of the queer experience than I was. And I was like literally an infant in this toddler stage of like learning about myself. And I just, I wasn't ready. Um, and Kale and I, uh, are still, I think on speaking terms, still friends on Facebook. They have a partner. I have a partner. Life is good. But like, I really truly appreciate Kale for that. A little bit awkward, but also picture perfect first date. And I talk about that a lot. It was like, I really lucked out with that being my first queer date. Like, could have got a lot worse. But at the age of 23, right after my birthday, Kale and I had a great time. Um, but me saying no to kissing them, I think, is incredibly significant. Because for once in my life, someone asked and looked at me before they did something. And made it apparent that I had a choice and there wasn't going to be a wrong answer. And that was huge. That was something that, like, I don't think I had really ever experienced. And for that reason, I adore Kale still to this day. But... Um, September hit. Okay, guys, we're gonna we're gonna go to September 2020 because that's really where everything kind of takes off. I was feeling a little discouraged um in the beginning of September. I had gone on that date with Kale and it was great, but like we weren't we weren't gonna work out long term and my heart was a little upset because like that was a picture perfect date that like you would see in the movies of like then like a romantic montage and then you get married, and that just like wasn't the case. Um and so I was still on the dating apps, but I wasn't using them a lot. And I was ready to prepare to leave my job because I had applied for master's programs and I just wasn't fitting into the nine to five corporate America lifestyle. And I really needed that time to like figure myself out, even if it's just like going to retail instead. So the beginning of September hit and I was on TikTok one day and as we always are, right? That's kind of the world we live in. But I was scrolling through TikTok and I came across this beautiful person singing this cover of Blackbird. 
And, um, no, oh my God, it wasn't Blackbird. That's so embarrassing. It was a Charlie Puth cover. And I was like, oh my God, this person is so attractive. Like I'm going to click on their profile. And as we do, like click on the profile and see that this person's name is Lily and they live in the UK. And I was like, okay, well that's not going to happen. So, but we can admire from afar. So I did follow Lily and I left a comment, which like is my way of trying to like slide into someone's DMs and flirt, but also like, I don't know how to flirt. I've never had even a girlfriend before. So I don't think much of it. And I continue about my day. Um, and Lily adds me back as a mutual and follows me back. So I'm like, okay, I have to say something. So, I remember messaging Lily and I still have those messages. Um, but I basically was like, Oh my God, I just want you to know how wonderful your music is. Like you're absolutely stunning. Like I, I love, I love your covers. I'm such a like big fan now. And like, I don't remember what I said exactly, but I was like, Oh my God, I have a crush on you, but like, I don't know if that's a problem. Like I just threw my shot. Okay guys. Like there was no tender footedness there was no like beating around the bush I just said it because I was like this person is so attractive like they just have to know how I feel about them um but I hope we can be friends because I know you live in the UK and I live in Chicago and Lily was super sweet and I was like we should FaceTime sometime and we like that that's kind of how that started um so ironically the day after we had started messaging Lily and I decided to FaceTime and just like talk as friends right like I'm going to pick up the phone. It's just going to be this person. And we're going to be friends. And like, I'll have a friend in the UK that's British. That'll be stellar. Awesome. Like this amazing musician. And um, from Lily's perspective, Lily was also like, I had a crush on you, but like, also you live in Chicago. Like that wasn't very practical. It was like totally valid. So I picked up the phone and Lily is carrying her dog crossing the street. Like, oh, sorry, I'm walking my dog, but the street's kind of uh, really bad. So I'm just going to carry him. Give me one second. Or maybe it was Molly. I don't remember. It was one of the dogs. And, uh, Lily said that I was wearing my cat jumper and that like stole their heart. So I guess if you want to win in a queer relationship, wear a cat jumper on the first time you FaceTime cat jumpers win. That's all I got to say here. Um, but I just like fell in love on the spot. Like I was like, this person is amazing. We are talking more and more. I finished that FaceTime call. Like I feel more, um, of an intimate connection with this person via FaceTime than I ever have with like a guy that I've dated for a year and a half. And that is for sure telling and saying something and I want to do something about it. So Lily and I talked, I think like every single day for hours and hours on end. Well, it's not the reason I quit my job at a nine to five, but for sure motivated in the fact that like I wanted to talk to Lily more and get to know Lily better. Um, so I left my nine to five in corporate America and I decided to start working retail and I started to pursue Lily and, um, our queer journey is like very different and I'm not here to tell Lily's story because Lily is my partner and we adore Lily so much, but like, this isn't a podcast about Lily. It's a podcast about me. I'm a Leo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but really like transparently, I have, I've learned so much from Lily And because of Lily, I got to travel to the UK and meet them after a month of talking. And like, I really just dove right into not just a relationship, but like an open, communicative, healthy relationship. I dove all in and I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, And because of so much of my own self-discovery and part of that is because of Lily, like pushing me consistently to be the best person I could possibly be. Um, I grew a lot, like I grew a lot, a lot, and we are so thankful for that. So let's talk about where I'm at right now. Okay. Like what is composed mass? I've been talking for quite a bit of time on my career journey and let's just, let's talk a little bit about me and who I am now. Okay. So 
It is March. It's March. It's March 5th and uh, 2021. So who am I now? I think I would identify as non-binary. I would identify as queer. I still use the word lesbian because I like taking things that have a negative connotation according to straight society and making them into like a kind of FU stance. Like, yes, I am lesbian. And you can be a non-binary lesbian for all the pals that are listening. Like, I'm confused. Um, so I guess gender identity is huge, right? I think that we're living in a world right now where a lot of older people are saying like, oh my God, the youths are really all coming out as queer, non-binary, and like part of the LGBTQA plus community. It's just that like we have more self-awareness because we're given more tools and in quarantine, I think we've just been given a lot more time to be by ourselves and go through self-discovery. So Gender is something that I don't struggle with. I just know I'm gender fluid and I really love they, them pronouns. I find comfort in that. I am not a girl. And that kind of all hit me, I would say, January of 2021. It's only been a little bit of time. Um, I was really like okay with she and her and girl and like all of that Um, at the beginning of my relationship with Lily and just like at the beginning of my queer journey, like I had came out as lesbian, right? Um, and I recognize like in January and February, I was like, I don't find comfort in like being called miss or ma'am or girl. Like I just, I, I didn't identify as that. I felt like people were like saying a slur to me. Like it just, it didn't feel right. Um, and honestly, like I had never met someone that was non-binary until I got on TikTok and I was watching all of these people that identified as non-binary and I was like, I, I'm there. I don't want to be called her or she or girl. I love like I find so much comfort in they them pronouns I don't want to be perceived by my gender as part of it but also like I don't feel like I'm attached to a gender um and I say gender fluid because I would so much rather be called boy or sir or handsome over beautiful and like that's something that I think we don't recognize enough like gender can be fluid So that's why I identify as non-binary. I don't really want to be perceived by my gender. I also just, like, don't feel attached to a gender, um, which is why I use they, them pronouns. And I also identify as lesbian because that's just a part of my sexuality. Like, and I identify as transgender now because, like, transgender by definition is just someone that doesn't feel attached to the birth sex that they were assigned at birth. Like, that's something that I think something we don't really talk about. Like, we have... Even in the LGBTQI plus community, we have so much stigma towards specific parts of the LGBTQI plus community, and we can dive on into that later, um, but that's kind of where I'm at now, and as I'm sitting here on March 5th of 2021, I know a lot is going to change in the next couple months. I know that as I'm starting my master's and learning and getting my master's in clinical mental health counseling and going through therapy every week, um, there's a lot that I don't know about myself that I'm consistently learning and pursuing. But to feel so comfortable in my gender identity and my sexual orientation at this point in life is such a big stress reliever. I felt so much anxiety towards being my true self for so long that like I get to be my authentic self and I know that my life is a composed like a composed narrative filled with messiness and that's why this podcast makes sense in being called this composed mess because that is what I identify as and I have a lot of friends that identify as that too 
And as we talk about labels and we talk about identification and sexuality, like you are valid in what you're feeling. I want to point that out. And you don't have to put a label on things. Labels are something that we as humans find comfort in community. It's, 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 it's ingrained in us. Okay. Like we find comfort in belonging and finding comfort in being part of something bigger than ourselves. And for that reason, it's really comforting to get a flag that represents a community that makes sense to us, that we understand that we feel comfort in. And yet, even when some people are holding up gay pride flags, they aren't accepting of black transgender women like there's so much stigma in this community and now I'm just kind of falling off the deep end but I think it needs to be said on this first podcast of like getting my thoughts out about how I'm feeling in this time towards my gender towards my identity towards the LGBTQA plus community and why I want y'all to stay here why I want y'all to partake in these conversations let me know how I'm doing um as I'm talking more but also like I want to know how y'all are doing so This is part one of talking about this composed mess, how I got to this point, but I really wanted on the first episode to just cherish, like share my queer journey, like where I'm at right now. Um, Have you get to know me a little bit better? Because that's how I'm feeling right now, y'all. Like, wow, life is just ever evolving, ever changing, and I'm so happy you're here right now. So yeah, I think... I think that's where I'm going to end things right now. I was like, you know what? I just want to get to like 19-ish minutes to talk because I don't want episode one to be like 45 minutes of me just rambling, rambling on because honestly, I don't know if you're going to click the second episode, but I'm happy if you came here for the first one and made it this far. Um, It would mean a lot if you could just let me know um, how you're feeling about this podcast, how you're feeling about this journey, how we're feeling about life in general, y'all. Like, I'm not saying I'm a licensed therapist right now, but I want this to be a time in your week that you get to pick up a cup of coffee and your, or tea, you know, if you're not a coffee drinker, um, but sit down and you're taking time to journal and hearing me talk, or you're doing homework or you're driving in that car. And I'd love to hear your reviews, kind of. It helps us out a lot in this platform and community. Like, when we get reviews and feedback, that really helps us out. Um, But I just appreciate all of y'all so much. I'm so happy you're here. And I will see y'all soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. If the audio is terrible, we will blame it on my brother's dog, Goose. Okay. Bye, pals.